I'm Lakes Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast, one of the most highly anticipated movies of the summer. Space Jam, a new legacy in theaters and on HBO Max this Friday, July 16th. Malcolm D. Lee, director, joins me now. Malcolm, how are you? I'm great. I love your enthusiasm. Thank you, man. And guess what I also have from 1996? This poster of the original Space Jam. That's in good condition. It is. It is. It's part of a whole coloring book that I love and have not colored in it. It's, it's still preserved, but I love it. I love the first movie and I really enjoyed this second one as well. What does the first Space Jam and the entire Looney Tunes universe of characters, what do they mean to you? Well, I'll, 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 I'll answer it like this. You know, the, the universe of Looney Tunes characters means quite a bit to me. You know, they were part of my childhood. You know, uh, that was that was my Saturday morning ritual. Bowl of cereal and the Looney Tunes, you know, for hours on end. Um, so I love the Looney Tunes. I did not see the original Space Jam movie when it first came out. You know, I was in film school uh, trying to be the next Orson Welles. You know, I'm wondering why was I not making movies already? I was doing short films in, in film school in my parents' basement. I was like, you know, and the last thing I wanted to do was watch what I considered a, a, a kid's movie. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really see the first Space Jam until I started working on this. Wow. Well, it, it is fun. I remember watching it, I think, once in my house, and then it played all the time in the cafeteria of my elementary school on rainy days on VHS. It was a popular choice, but such an iconic movie. And in this, LeBron James. And I think fans of his are absolutely going to love what he does in this. And he turns into a 2D version of himself in the middle of the movie. How was it for him in the voice booth doing those lines? You know, LeBron is a consummate professional. You know, he loves being silly. He loves to laugh. Uh, you know, he was game for pretty much anything we wanted him to do. And, you know, when you're in the, in the animation booth, you got to kind of push your voice even more, you know, and, and do a little bit more extreme sometimes. And he was game for all of it. And we did hours upon hours upon hours on end doing it. Um, you know, and he had a very busy schedule. You know, he does have a day job. But you know, he's really fantastic and, you know, that the, the 2D uh, Toon LeBron, we were all like very excited about, and so was he. Cool, yeah. It, it was the first time for me to see uh, hand-drawn animation on the big screen in quite a long time, and it's gorgeous to look at the 2D sequences in this. And there's really a let's get the gang back together portion of the movie. What kinds of Looney Tunes studying did you do to satisfy the fans with bringing them all back in the way you do? You know, um, I have a, just such a, a love of them. And then I got a refresher already. And I was just reminded of why I love them so much. Daffy and Porky Pig and, you know, and Bugs Bunny and, and, and Wile E. Coyote and, and Roadrunner, who I did not have a great love for, you know, uh, Coyote and Roadrunner. I mean, I'd watch them, and I would, but as a kid, I was like, why aren't they ever talking, you know? And so, you know, but, but then you come to realize, well, that, that's just... Charlie Chaplin, that's Buster Keaton. It's great physical comedy, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, Coyote just keeps trying. So, you know, it was a little bit of a refresher. I'd have to ask, you know, Spike Grant, who was our resident tunes expert, you know, what, how would Porky do this? Or what, what would be his reaction? What is, what is Tweety's kind of thing, you know, that, that makes Tweety tweeting? And is, is Tweety a boy or a girl? Is Roadrunner a boy or a girl, you know? So you start to, you know, remind yourself of who these characters were. And, you know, then you hear their voice and you're kind of like, oh, wow, like, this is why I love them so much. 
Yeah, they are such great characters that I love the scene in this where they're all practicing in the spaceship and it's so fast paced, which must have been a challenge for the animators. Could you tell in working with them that that was a challenging sequence to put together? All the animated sequences were very challenging. I mean, you know, I think usually from, from what my understanding is like they would have done many of these things and made these decisions already before we started shooting. But that wasn't the case, you know, by the time I got on the, on the movie, you know, you know, there was a lot of things were very much in flux. But, you know, something like that, which has got such fast pace and and, and, and went through numerous iterations, by the way, you know. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we threw a lot of things up against the wall. Um, you know, we had a whole tune training montage where they were riding bicycles and, and you know, uh, pushing, lifting weights and and running on, you know, like, like Rocky and Toon World, you know, there was all kinds of things that we were, you know, experimenting with and trying and storyboarding out and pitching out. Um, but it's where we landed. And, and you know, and, and to, to great effect, to your point, I think it's also all very, very beautiful. Yeah, it absolutely is. And what was the process like in making them into CG characters? Because obviously that's another major point everybody's talking about. I think they look great. Thank you so much. You know, that, that, that did take, you know, a bit of doing, you know, like we knew that, you know, we wanted Algae to be evil enough to like make them change and also bring them into the modern era. And, 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 and then, you know, by the end, make sure that they were, you know, on theme with be yourselves, right? And, 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 and be happy with that. So that process was, you know, was, 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 a, was a difficult one because the, the WAG uh, uh, artists had to teach the ILM artists about squash and stretch and about their expression, about creases in the in the lips when they're smiling, to be you know expressive in you know in there because and, and to get that charm that these two D um, animators are able to get out of the tunes and translate that to CGI. Not an easy process, a long process, and a lot of nitpicking, a lot of like, okay, now you know what? We've got to raise an eye, we've got to like close the neck, we've got to like make that more of a bell shape. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, we had this great um, animator, Devin Crane who was a great liaison between the, the, the ILM crew and um, the, uh, the, the WAG crew that really helped elevate, you know, the, uh, the, the, the CG tunes. Two powerhouses there with the look of the characters and it's all going to pay off. Malcolm D. Lee joining me now, talking about Space Jam, a new legacy. Zendaya voicing Lola Bunny. Uh, what made you decide on her? I think she's fantastic, especially in some of the key, more subtle emotional moments. You know, Zendaya is really having a great moment right now. You know, she's, she's, she's taking ownership of, you know, herself, her brand, her status in the world, uh, you know, her stature. And that's who we want Lola Bunny to be. Female empowerment, powerful, uh, you know, feminine, but, you know, tough and strong and, you know, with, with, a, with, a, with a little bit of humor as well. So, you know, she was the perfect person to, to play uh, Lola Bunny. And we were so, you know, fortunate that she agreed to, 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 to do it. Yeah, I'm glad that she is in the film. And one of the really unbelievable things about this movie is how many characters you bring in for the basketball scenes. And the, your access to the Warner Brothers archive is just unbelievable. Did you know what you were getting into and how much access they were really going to give you? No, I did not know. Um, but I'm so glad that, that they did give us access. You know, uh, I, I, I was a little bit greedy. I wanted a little bit more. You know, I went Iron Giant, King Kong, you know, Neo, uh, the it, uh, clown, uh, you know, the Captain Caveman, 
you know, they weren't enough. I wanted, I, and the Harry Potter kids, I, I, want, I wanted the, the Lego uh, uh, characters, and I wanted, I wanted the Willy Wonka characters, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But, you know, you can't have everything, and we had a, 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 a great, great presence from all those things, you know, you know, the, 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 the TV show Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, you know, it's all kinds of like, you know, great IP that exists, and you, and you start to realize, wow, what a track record that Warner Brothers has. And the, 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 being able to like pull the, all those characters to not only be at the game, to be this great spectacle, uh, but also like see what's not distracting from the game itself. And being able to go through all the different IP worlds to pick up the tunes. That's right. Yeah, when, when one of the characters says early on, you know, Warner Brothers, we have the classics. And I'm like, yeah, you do have the classics. You absolutely do. So for me, it's, you know, Matrix is up there and Casablanca's up there. What is the one, the one or two classic Warner Brothers movies that have always uh, stood out to you that you've always loved? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm a big Mad Max fan. Um, but, you know, even bigger than that is, you know, Austin Powers. Mm -hmm. of the Austin Powers franchise. So glad we were able to include Austin Powers and Dr. Evil in this, in this, uh, in this movie. Yeah, there are some big surprises for fans of those franchises and more in this movie. It's funny, when I was Googling today, classic Warner Brothers movies, the fifth film that came up on the list was The Hangover. And I thought, yeah, it is a classic. That's another classic Warner Brothers movie in, in a different sense, but it makes sense. It couldn't have the Wolfpack show up, though, you know. Well a little too far afield. I mean, you know, it's like, like what, what, what would they, I mean, Zach Galifianakis would have been great. We could have got a Zach Galifianakis cameo. Yes. Listen, if you make another Space Jam movie, another Looney Tunes movie, we can get Zach Galifianakis in on this. That would be, that would be great. So as we wrap things up here, Malcolm, what do you honestly think after working with these Looney Tunes characters now, so in depth on this big movie, what do you think their lasting appeal is? And what do you think a new generation of kids is, is going to get out of these characters after seeing this film? You know, I, I hope they embrace them, you know, like I did when, when I was a kid. You know, they're, they're charming, they're fun, they're funny, they're physical. Um, they are classic, evergreen characters. And I think, you know, their style of comedy is also evergreen. So, you know, I feel like that they'll want to see more and more of them as this time goes on after this movie. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I hope so. I had Evergreen written down right here on my notes. So that's perfect, man. Malcolm D. Lee, thank you so much for your time today and congrats on Space Jam, A New Legacy. Much obliged. Thank you so much. All right, I'm Lakes Camera Jackson. Thank you for listening to this LCJ Q&A podcast episode, Space Jam, A New Legacy in theaters and on HBO Max this Friday, July 16th. I think it's going to be a slam dunk at the box office. I'm Lakes Camera Jackson.